Hey there, Apocalypse Survivors. Welcome to Bubbling Up, an adult conversation on the wide world of comics. I'm your sassy rescue capuchin monkey, Joe Soria, along with the mission-driven culpa-ring person, Agent Steve Ermosi. Or should I just say Agent Steve? No last name. Hey. Uh, Hey, call me, uh, uh, call me agent four, two, zero, six, nine, the edgy <laughs> slash six, nine, four, two, zero, six, nine. That's a good, it's a good handle on some forum somewhere. Speaking of secret agents on secret forums and below hush, hush, super hush, hush. We're going to be discussing the first half of FX on Hulu's adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra's much beloved wide last man episodes one through five full spoiler alert. As I said before this one, we were discussing a bit. I don't know if there are any spoilers in this, unless you haven't read the comics, not aware at all. I don't know why you would listen to something about five episodes of a TV show. <laughs> Just alert, alert, alert. I mean, Or if you can't take the hint from the name of this show. <laughs> yeah, or you didn't listen to the other episode where we just read the first episode and almost spoiled it. Why the Last Man is about the last man. Don't tell anyone it's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> Quick reminder first, do you have any thoughts, notes, questions? Paper airplanes, you can email them to us, hotpicks, not nudes, bubblingapod at gmail.com, or let us know what you think by reaching out. Instagram, if it's up, it was down yesterday, as everyone in the world fucking knows. And make sure if you're listening on one of the cool apps that lets you give reviews or stars, I think Spotify just added stars. So just, you know, give it the stars. People will actually find us if you click on that stuff. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I think we have a Podchaser account, or just share it with somebody. We but, eat stars, uh, so if you don't give us them, we starve to death. Yeah, we star <laughs> star to death. That's right. So anything else you want to discuss, Steve, before we, we get into it? I don't think so. Let's talk why the last man. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've done enough uh, prep here, so we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about why the last man. And we're back. We're going to be talking the first five episodes of why the last man. I don't even know if we really want to do a rundown on plot here. We've seemingly done it so many times. Basically, the story is of Yorick and his monkey ampersand. They're the last men. Let's not talk about men. They're the last human males with born with penises alive, potentially. At I, least um, Y chromosomes. Yeah, Y chromosomes. Sure. But they all have what? No, but I don't think that's right because they said so, everyone has Y chromosomes. I don't know if that's right. Anyway, that's a whole interesting issue and change of pace that has happened in the show. But basically, we've got Yorick. Yorick's the last man alive, just for the t- term of this discussion. Diane Lane is his mom, who also happens to be president. He has a sister, Hero. She's running around. She's got problems. Agent 355 is a, a member of the secretive culpa ring organization and Yorick's bodyguard. She is known by our alias, Sarah Bergen. And basically, she assists gender. That's a good naming. And she's the last one. She's basically handed this person to try to take on a mission to go take him to find a doctor at some point. That's one of the later episodes. We've got a girlfriend. We've got some other characters. We've got some previous members of the cabinet underneath Diane Lane or working associates. We could get into some of the other characters or preferences or running down the story, but they've all gotten a major plot point, but I don't know if they've got major development. So I'm not going to go beyond there. If I say to you, what's your main draw here, Steve? What story so far has really has really cracked for you on that list that we've kind of run down? I am really enjoying the main Yorick story so far. I was liking what was going on with Hero and Sam, but that has wandered into 
concerning territory where I feel like it's getting a little walking dead E mm-hmm. where they're like, uh, you know, found a compound. They're, yeah. They're at a compound now. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh God, please don't get like bogged down in this. But I'm hoping for more of like, because what was so great about the comic, I think in terms of this, like the story and, and where it went was it felt like a road trip book and adventure. And I hope that this gives the same type of vibe when all is said and done. Uh, we'll see. We're Like we said, we were about halfway through the first season. So there's a bunch more to this. I'm enjoying it more than I think some other people are. But don't worry about them, Steve. I want to know what you think. We'll, we'll talk about that. Who cares about them? I'm just going to jump in here a bit on this because I, I think that that's the number one problem here. There's a lot of brickling to do here. There's a lot of work to be done here. Construction of relationships, separating people, putting pieces on the map, right? And that's pretty standard. But if a movie can do that in two hours, how come in five hours this show kind of has done nothing? And I understand that's the point. You're going to stretch it forever. But I don't know what we're scared of. They're trying to get us to care about all these characters and all the relationships. But unlike even in Walking Dead, the first season, you see them kill zombies right away. There's nothing much to be afraid of here. The number one boogeyman is hoaxes, which is a bad boogeyman, but isn't really tangible as a human being. And the impending doom of another political strife and separation, Mm. everything's kind of underneath is seething. And it's just the slow burn and these two people talking in a room secretly and then having mass conversations to me is not interesting. Most of the parts like you're talking about with when they're on the run and they're on a mission, I think I'm enjoying and I'll hold off some of my connective tissue that's, I think, bothering me with the people on a trip here or th- there's a mission. Obviously, there's always got to be a mission, but the mission here is to save humanity. It still seems underwhelming. Every house they go into is danger. The danger is going into a new place everywhere. To me, that's can't be the danger for the rest of the series every time they go anywhere. Like, what are they afraid of? Someone's got a gun, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, there's no zombies, there's no killers, no vampires. There's no scary dogs. There's no monsters. There's no aliens. It's just more starving people. What's the horror here? But that's my plot, (laughs) plot or lack of, I think at this point, issue that I'm having. So, I mean, let me lean this into where I think I also was hoping, I didn't know what they would do out of it, but this is a pure post-apocalyptic type play, right? Visually and settings and costumes and everything else. All the stuff that you can differentiate a lot of times with comics, right? And we're discussing this in the realm of comics, Is there anything here that you would say this is differentiated that stuck out to you personally? I can't think of anything. And that's usually when it comes to comics and when it comes to adaptations, there's some kind of trigger that makes it feel like a comic. This just feels like a mission show, like you're saying. Like, I feel like um, they might have missed the boat at the beginning of the show because the comic, I feel like it's going very quickly. I remember having the entire first episode happen before the inciting incident, right. Of like the big wave of all the, all the men dying. I feel like they should have opened with that inciting incident, similar to how the comic does. I mean, it gets into that within the first issue. It ends the first issue. I believe the first 22 pages. Yeah. yeah, Basically. Right. Yeah. If you're looking at it like a script, that's within the first 20 minutes of a, of a show, Mm -hmm. you have that incident. I'm not sure. Like, it feels like they waited a little bit too long to do that. And they tried to put in a lot more world building of the previous world 
than the comic did. I feel like a big part of why the comic grabs you right away is because you're like, it's a world that you recognize immediately. And then it instantly becomes something that you don't recognize. And like, this was like, did a lot more of like trying to get you comfortable before pulling the rug out. Whereas the comic was like, all right, the rug's just getting pulled out right away. Like, here's the world, we're going to pull the rug out and then you got to go from there. Which I guess maybe isn't like, doesn't seem like that big of a difference, but I think it made a difference in how the beginning of the story felt to me and probably changes a bit throughout. Now, like I said, I'm still enjoying it, but they've had a couple of like points where they could have done more interesting things, as you were saying, and they kind of shied away from it. Something about Yorick in his gas mask, get up and like the hood and everything. It just feels a little less impressive than it looked in the comic book when you were reading that for the first time. And maybe that's just the difference of it's been 20 years since I read that for the first time or however long it's been. You know, it's also been the concept of us been watching masks nonstop probably for the last yeah. years, to be honest. Yeah. I think the problem is if this is going to be like Yorick is like secretly covertly going somewhere he shouldn't be every episode and then he does something dumb and then he gets in trouble and he gets cornered and then Agent 335 comes in and says run every time. That's the rev up every time so far if there is trouble all these rev ups are only just about him. They're not the rev down. And I think what the book does is does a better job of the conflict between the everybody, I say the the women, but basically everybody else Mm -hmm. and that he is just the pawn in it. And they're trying to turn this into a gender lesson, which is understandable. It is an interesting concept that they've, they've shifted their plot wise to trans and cisgender and a lot more recent terminology people are acclimating so i think they're taking their time there to give a little more acclimation for the average viewer and then maybe connect the characters but i think it's slowing down interest it's it's revving everything down instead of revving everything up i don't feel the fever pitch builds here even when we run into dr man in the fifth episode finally it seems the only villain in the show so far is the lack of men yet or that like their progress or the end of the world, right? There isn't the villain of, I think it's missing. I don't know if it comes in episode six. I know they, I thought they were going to bring it in because they mentioned the Israelis dropping off the new president. I remember alter. I remember these things visibly and I just don't have any in these first five episodes, anyone that I can stick to that. I was like, this is one of the villains. And I think this is something that maybe I'll bring it in now, but sweet tooth. Okay. We just went through the sweet tooth situation and the adaptations of of comics that we liked and visually that that show is a lot you know a lot better and it reflects the actual comic the other issue here is that the, i think a lot of the art in wide last man is great this doesn't look like this should i mean i don't know how you look like a comic but this just looks like dirty snotty you know no lights electricity issues like that's part of the problem right they have no electricity we're starting earlier it's almost like you want to start later and do some flashback or, or something, but this like slow progression where we're just trying to build it back up. And we, they said there's an emergency. We need to build, fix the power lines. They get that engineer with that great speech and then nothing happens. The Diane Lane performance is good. And then she disappears for two episodes. And it's just like, I don't really care. The only reason to care about Yurik is because he is potentially the, the thing that saves the world. But other than that, I think he sucks. That's not actually uncommon in the comic. He's a little snarky, but he doesn't suck. So I don't know what's missing there, but I think it's because they're bogged down in these long conversations about things and the past and trying to 
relay back to the men again, which is why I think that first episode is so long and makes sense. They want to give all these people like something they just lost and it's so bad and you want to see them versus just talk about them because it'd be like watching a funeral instead of seeing the death and then the rest of the show being a funeral. That's pretty much what it is at this point. I think you're right about the Israeli part of this just not being there at all in the first five episodes. And I, I don't even know if it's going to be like, there's no real indication that that's coming, you know? And that was a big part of the comic and mm-hmm. a big part of what drove the comic, like having Alter there was a whole other dimension of what made the comic really good. And I don't know. I like, I like the guy that plays York. I think he's doing a good job, but I can see what you mean about just the character not being what you remember, like York from the comic being where it's like, a more witty kind of one-linery type of guy. The other thing is I, I feel like there's not nearly enough actual chemistry between his character and, and 355 in this. Yep. Where you're supposed to like they're supposed to ha- be this like at odds duo, but there's supposed to be, I feel like, more chemistry there between them than I'm seeing in the show so far. There are different shows, honestly, sometimes, and I I don't get it. And I think, you know, obviously they're going to probably focus on the Amazonians first. I think that's the goal here is to to say we have one villain that will show up. But even in Sweet Tooth, we really kind of had hints of this villain and they didn't show up until the last episode. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, I understand the friction. You don't you don't want to waste, maybe blow the plot early on, but blow the plot. Like, let's go. You know, like people don't need 10 hours of this Avengers Endgame was only seven hours, or the whatever Avengers series was only seven hours. We're gonna get to ten hours, and I swear to you, nothing's gonna be answered. One of my favorite movies of all time is basically the plot point of this is the end of the world. Is Twelve Monkeys, right? Mm-hmm. Twelve Monkeys in an hour and forty minutes does a ton more than this, and has interesting characters, and has this graffiti and visual stylings. I think the other issue, and or not issue, but I don't think the music is that great, and it doesn't help with the rhythm. Like, there's nothing. Nothing standing out so far. That's what I, I would say. And usually if you have one hook, whether it's a great score that kind of revs you up for wanting to watch it or one performance that's really carrying it through or something that you, character you're really connecting to, I think they just wanted to showcase everybody, but uh, I'm not getting that there. So yeah. and I'm trying to be a, you know, a, a Debbie Downer on this one. But yeah, I, I think uh, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, why don't we just take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We'll talk about maybe maybe the dialogue or sections we do like and maybe the performances. We did talk a little bit. Let's talk a little more in depth about the performances we did like. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Why Last Man. All right. So we're back, Steve-O. You know, we've talked about the relationships here. Is there anything that you stuck out or conversations or is there any positive moments here that we've had so far that stand out that aren't just SOP, I would say, you know, standard operating procedure for end of the world saving type scenario or, you know, Walking Dead remake or whatever. I like Hero and Sam's relationship. I think that they have some good moments that stand out more than others. I feel like the show is very good at making you not like certain people specifically because they're the Republicans of the whatever, which kind of is annoying Bingo. to me. Easy, yeah. Bingo. Um, it's Easy just target. there's a moment in the fifth episode where I feel like you're supposed to like connect with the woman. I forget what her name is, but uh, the oh 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 the Amber the Amber Tamblin character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimberly Kimberly, Kimberly Cunningham, yeah. yeah. Um, 
you're supposed to like feel for her, but then she's like immediately an asshole. So like, or you're supposed to like understand her a bit more. And I just can't stop not liking that character. So in terms of like relationships, my favorite, I guess, is I actually really enjoyed some of the things that happened just in this last episode between York and Dr. Man as well. Yep. So that's another one that I'm like on the lookout for. Hopefully that'll be good because I like um, Diana Bang as Allison Mann is really good so far. That's an important character. And that conversation, I think, is probably the, the time I took the most notes here. I think those are the moments that contacted me. That one, I think there was a nice pivotal moment and it was the only feeling the action scene. There's a fight scene in the, the fifth scene that was like so kind of forced, like we're in the same spot. Jason Bourne, like a C-level Jason Bourne fight. And that was nothing. But the one I liked was when there was the setup for the helicopter people where Agent 355 basically had to sell them on doing the, you know, their military duty and appealing to it. And then she fucking kills them basically. Mm. And that's like, that's what I, that's the twist that I liked is, you know, I have felt it coming, but it still hurt. And it shows like dedication. It shows something about character without saying it. A lot of the show I feel like is saying it and not showing it. You know, one of the aspects of the show specifically that I've heard a lot about, and, you know, there was a lot of development, a long development process and gestation for the show and idealism. And I heard that they, they focused on the female side of it, right? All the directors of all the show, every episode is, is female. All, a lot of the, cre- the creator is the showrunner. So this is a very, a different angle and effort to, to really take this, this type of story on. And in the comic or comic adaptation universe. So I think it's, I'm trying to give it some leeway because I think it's a different voice too. It's like, you know, when we read um, the low, low woods, the low, low, low woods. woods. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not what as I, w- I was expecting, but it was also because I have, there's a lot of standards that when we reach comics, you're kind of used to it. And I think here we know all the, the, the hit points and all the, bullet points and they've been skipped over i'll call out you know ashley romans is 355 we've mentioned a couple times i actually liked amber tamblin who was married to david cross and was in the unusuals back in the day on abc that was a comic adaptation she's at least a stick in the mud and for real and for real reason and you can see this like they show this part where it's like not ivanka like a trump but it's some kind of you know the reflection of the modern republican far-right pro-life type woman who is going to have be the figurehead for the issues here that are going to drive the main friction here. Because as of right now, there really hasn't been any friction except survival. We're going to get beyond survival and she's going to be important. I think that's good. I definitely didn't like York. Like I said, I liked man. Like they said, the other one that I haven't gotten a ton of leeway yet, but is this Nora lady and the daughter. I like that actress, Marin Allen. Island, yeah. Island. Yeah, I've seen her in a ton of stuff. I think she's like an, a Broadway award, like a big actress. And I feel like this hopefully will be a good showcase for her. She's been good in shows like Sneaky Pete I've seen her in. I've seen her some other stuff where I don't know where it's going, but I thought, she, I don't remember the character. I thought she might be the like an Amazonian type, you know, next level leader. I know that a lot of these people join in the comic, they join the Amazons and that becomes a big thing. So I think that's where we're leading. I hope it becomes kind of a, Lord of the Flies, government versus kind of rebels. But I think they're trying to shy away from it a little bit on the on the political side and kind of say, like, everything's a hoax, right? We can't talk like hoaxes are bad, right? You know, yeah. so they're, they're trying to do their due diligence to not like bring up to stew up more political issue and intrigue here beyond what's happening in the show. So I, I think it's a tough position to be in at the current moment as well. So we've covered a lot of it. Is there anything else you'd want to cover on? 
the execution on the direction. I mean, it, I, I'm just trying to think of any other standouts that I give people a, a reason that I'm watching this show more other than I've halfway through. I want to see if they do kick it into high gear. That's pretty much where, where I'm at because that's, that's my struggle. I'll say this ampersand has not ran away and caused big problems nearly enough in this show yet, because that was like every issue of the comic. It's like ampersand was just a dickhead. It's like kill this monkey. And then like in the minute he runs away, it's like, no, save the monkey. But again, I think it's, I think it's been solid so far in my view. I've been enjoying the episodes. I'll keep watching it for sure, but it's not like, it's not going to be the first thing that I'm going to suggest to people when I'm talking about like what to watch, unless it really turns it around in the second half of the first season. Unlike Squid Game, go watch it. Yeah, I was going to say, I watched one episode of that, I wanted to watch more, and they're like, fuck, I have to watch Why the Last Man because we're going to talk about it instead. <laughs> so Squid Game was good. We've got plenty of other good shit out there that are not comic-related that are worth covering. The Guilty, the on Netflix, don't watch it. I already did. The remake, at least. The original is pretty good. But like I'm going to say, this show had a lot going into it. It's a tough job, tough expectations for something that I wouldn't say is hard to adapt, but I think part of the love and, and the part of the comic issue when you don't do an actual, you know, capes or some kind of character like that is that you're not getting the art part of this, right? You see in the producer credits, you see Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. What is Pia Guerra's involvement here other than like I drew these characters and what they look like, you know? The story arcs are different, but you can't, you can reflect the dirtiness. I don't remember why the last night being, it was very much brighter. It felt, it didn't feel this bleak from the beginning. Like it felt, you know, there was trouble, but it didn't feel this bleak. And I'm concerned, number one, about the force. I hate forced family units at the centers of shows. I think the president and the, the boss man and hero all being probably on opposite sides here very quickly. Eventually, I'm not looking forward to it. It's great in the comic when you he's not even really looking for hero and then she just shows up and she's like, here's my backstory. Like instead of doing it the entire time as they're doing now, which is like, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love the, the character, but I think you're right. It's like this is supposed to be a, a story that moves quickly and like putting all the story on all these characters is kind of slowing it down a little bit. Yep. And I think you need to find someone else who knows how to fight. It's not 355. You need to figure out how to put people in peril. That's not just putting them in a room and making them take their masks off and then saying, oh, I don't know how many more times we're going to have to be shocked here. You might need to learn how to get TV back on so that they can find things out because now there's no information. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of things that could help here. It's a tough job, tough expectations, but it does seem like there is some opportunity. There are some good performances. As I've said before, if this was like on Sci-Fi Network or something that I didn't maybe trust the the stewards, I probably would already be done. You know, I've done that with Netflix. I've done that with Lock and Key, like we've discussed in the past. Other shows, I'll see this through because of of it being on Hulu and FX that I I entrust in some kind of quality and oversight. So that's my my last take. We'll definitely check back in. I think hopefully, you know, I think episode six just aired. And uh, so we'll be checking back in whenever it finishes. I think there's nine or 10 episodes. We're not even sure. So, uh, you know, we'll get there. So either way, I guess me and Steve are kind of wavered. I would say on the tilt, thumbs down for me. On the tilt, thumbs up-ish for Steve. But, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll let you know what's on next episode of Bubbling Up. All right, we're back. Next week, we are going to be covering, finally, cracking the Brian Michael Bendis zone. He's finally getting covered because we're going to do cover. This is a Steve-O pick. 
and it is a CIA. Uh, I don't know. We won't even spoil it, but it's one trade, all encompassing. Definitely quick read. So check it out and get prepared. And we're going to spoil the fuck out of it next week. Anything else to say, Mr. Steve? That's it. We'll, we'll see you guys later. All right. Fuck the Yankees. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, it's the same music as at the beginning. Our buddy Chris Morgan did it. The intro's so nice, we used it twice. What? You want show credits over here? All right. I was your production manager, Steve Ramosi. Still am, I guess. And the other guy was the brains of the whole operation, Joe Soria. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope we see you on the next episode. Uh, Goodbye! Great timing.